What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. This is another episode of Our Drunken History. Uh, you got our host here. I'm Travis. Zach. That's Zach. Oh, welcome to uh, our 2023 season. On this uh, show, we try to bring you some unfiltered, uncensored, and drunk history. <laughs> if you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's where you're seeing this video at right now. You can find us on social media on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and coming soon, we'll be on Patreon. You can find the audio podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, uh, Amazon Music, and anywhere else you get your fine podcasts. We're, we're everywhere you can find us. Go check us out on the Good Pods app. You can find us there and leave us a, a rating and a review and share it with your friends. If uh, any of your podcast uh, players allow you to leave a review, be sure and leave a review. Leave us a five-star. Leave a comment. Share it with your friends. That really helps out the al algorithm to uh, spread the, the show out and kind of make it available for more people to see. To make it easier, go to the link in our bio. It's our it's, uh, beacons.ai slash history to find all of our social medias, our YouTube channel, and all of our other links that we have on there to go check it out. So now grab a drink, pull up a chair, and let's dive into the tipsy side of history. Ha! Oh, crap. That intro was kind of working on that. Took what, 57 takes to get that right? That was some effort. <laughs> now right. we got tornadoes on the way that we've got to freaking worry got about. Tornadoes. Grapefruit size hail. Hmm. At least it's not, at least they're not, at least we're not getting shot in the back with Tommy guns. That's right. <laughs> Chicago typewriters. Chicago typewriters. If you haven't, uh, if you haven't seen the description already, we're talking about the St. Valentine's Day Massacre today. Yeah, uh, we, we're a little behind the times. We were going to shoot this for Valentine's Day, but... Uh, I don't we're, we're only about two weeks late. Yeah, we're a little late, but that's... T I mean, guys don't really focus on Valentine's Day. Yeah. We're more into Steak and BJ Day. <laughs> Steak and BJ Day, I like that. <laughs> Have you heard of this? Uh, I think I've heard some about that, yeah. There's yeah, yeah, Steak and BJ Day uh, is... For the ladies to appreciate the men in their life, <laughs> uh, I, I believe it's March fourteenth is what it's supposed to be. Oh, so, really? Yeah, because guys don't give a shit about cards or chocolates or yeah other Valentine's Day uh, commercialized yeah shit. Just not our thing. But we do appreciate a steak and a BJ. So, ladies, if you want to show your man, yeah, surprise uh, your man the, with the appreciation a... that you have for him, you know. Staking a BJ is a good way to do it. I'll have to uh, make sure uh, the wife knows about this holiday. Yeah, it's a... Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It's a yeah. wonderful day. That's right. That, that's a, that's a, a, that's better than Christmas. Better than getting some socks. In <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly. But yeah, this this uh, this is our first episode back after a, kind of a pretty good little break. We've, yeah, we we really haven't recorded since uh, right about Christmas. Yeah. Uh, sorry guys, we you know life happens sometimes. Yeah. Uh, got pushed on the back burner, but we're we're back at it. We're back in the shed. We're here to see you. We appreciate you hanging with us and being patient. Yeah, we've got several episodes lined out. We've got some uh, guests we're working on trying to have on the show and stuff. So I think this next year is. You know, if, if everything goes to plan, it'll, it might turn out pretty good this year, I think. Yeah, and as always, if you guys have ideas, uh, recommendations, we're open. And uh, 
just hit us up on any of yeah. our several forms of communication that we have now. Yeah, on that intro that we recorded, it took us a lot of takes. A lot of takes a lot to get that takes. right. So we're not, because we are definitely not professionals. No. And especially, uh, also, we just want to apologize in advance for background noise. It's a, a very rainy, stormy evening here in Arkansas. Uh, yeah, the one night we decided to, to record our first episode for the season and it well, comes a thunderstorm. But it's maybe some good ambiance. It's romantic. Yeah. For Valentine's Day. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, so like our, our subject, Valentine's Day Massacre. I guess it made some maybe big publicity because it happened on Valentine's Day. Yep. Um, but it was kind of, and we'll have to do, we're gonna have to do an episode too on prohibition since it has to do with drinking too. Yeah. But they say the Valentine's Day massacre kind of tipped the scales on the anti-prohibition movement. Yeah. Um, basically, it was like the straw that broke the camel's back when it comes to like violence and mob and, and gang violence. And, uh, and it was all due to a prohibition for the, the illegal sales of alcohol. So these gangs were formed or organized crime. Yeah. Selling bootleg alcohol. And uh, there was somebody getting shot almost every day in New York or, or uh, Chicago. Chicago was, for, yeah, those were the big boy yeah. cities for it. So yeah, they, they had the, the pictures of it in the newspaper and they listed all the names. They had the pictures of all the victims. We'll, we'll list the victims or something here in a minute. But, uh, but yeah. The and it kind of it uh, upset everybody that saw it. I mean, I guess that upset is the the least word that you could use for it. I don't know how you describe it, but it. I think it was it was more of a like a shock to yeah. every, everybody that was. Uh, a lot of people were kind of in you know just going with the flow, kind of in denial yeah. about how bad things were, and then this one happened, and it was an eye opener. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, see here i remember when uh what year prohibition started it was like 1919 or something like that yeah i think so you can look it up real quick but, but yeah so they they often attributed uh the shooting so okay so we'll, let's rewind a second so this happened february 14th 1929 and there was uh six men was it six men or seven oh, that was seven seven um, they went to a meeting at this warehouse and they were supposed to meet a, uh, a gang from the, the purple gang from Detroit. We're Hard, bringing a hardcore name. Yeah. There was uh and they were supposed to be delivering a truckload of stolen whiskey. And they, and, uh, these people from the uh, North side gang were going over there to pick up this truckload of whiskey. And, uh, evidently turned out to be a, a ruse or a lie. Yeah. And uh set up. Set up. There you go. They say the story is uh two men in suits walked in and then two men dressed as police. They don't know if they're actually really police officers or Yeah, there's a lot of debate about whether they were actually cops or if they were just pretenders. Yeah. And the the official story is is they uh they assumed the cops were legitimate, so everybody lined up against the wall for they they've been through this procedure before. Cops are going to pat them down. A shake them, down. A shakedown. Give them a hard time. So these, these guys lined up against the wall for their shakedown. And then all of a sudden, these four guys... Just opened up? Just opened up with uh, Tommy guns and, and, and shotguns. Sawed off 12-gauge shotguns. Um, and they said... Uh, 
It was several hundred rounds, I think, that ended up getting shot. You, fired can't, you can't shoot a Tommy gun without shooting several hundred yeah. rounds. The, um, and the way they store you've talked about though too, I guess from the bullet holes in the, in, the, in the floor and the wall and stuff, they shot all the guys, but they even kept shooting them while they were on the, on the floor too. Like they just kept putting holes in them. Um, there was one guy that actually, so then after the, after the shooting was over with, the, the police officers or the guys dressed as police officers, they fled the scene. And uh, the one thing that was kind of an act of luck by Bugs Moran was the was the leader of the Northside gang. Yeah. And he was notoriously late to appointments and to, to meetings and stuff like that. And he was supposed to be there yeah. with with his guys at this at this meeting, and it was actually supposed to be a hit on him. And uh, he happened to be driving up or driving by as the the cops were like getting into the vehicle or they were actually after the shooting had already happened and he saw it was cops that was there and he thought it was a shakedown so he just kept driving he just drove on by and, oh. and uh so he actually missed out on his own assassination so sometimes being late is not such a bad thing i was a half hour late to work this week <laughs> i was i took a bunch of donuts and kolaches in oh that's where the donuts that's came where from. the donuts nice. came from nice. i hope you enjoyed <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> you know, it's sidebar. Sidebar. Here we go. Uh, when I went to pick those up, I was the very first person at Duncan, uh, <laughs> and the, they had not put all the donuts out yet. Yeah. And I walked in, and there was a girl that worked there that was just scarfing one down, <laughs> and she, I scared the shit out of her when I opened the door, and she like jumped yeah. behind the cash register and like ducked down, <laughs> and I was like, "You're busted." <laughs> <laughs> She had jelly in her face. <laughs> yeah. Show her two hands. <laughs> yeah, so she, she hooked me up with the donuts. So. Heck yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so there was one guy. I'm trying to look at, uh, find his name on here. Um, the one survivor? The one survivor. And, well, and you call him a survivor. He survived for like three hours. Yeah, but I mean, he... Yeah. He had 14 bullet holes in him. Yeah, a regular, uh, a regular Tupac. Yeah. 50 cent. They, uh... Well, Tupac... Tupac didn't survive his shooting, I guess. Yeah. A regular 50 cent. <laughs> a regular 50 cent, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, Frank Gusenberg was still alive. And he had, yeah, 14 bullet wounds. And they took him to the hospital, and they were trying to, and the cops were kind of interrogating him, asking him who did it, and he wouldn't give up. He followed their yeah, the he gang didn't, code. He did not narc. He wouldn't no snitch. Yeah. So he took, and that's kind of where the debate comes in. They This, this happened almost 100 years ago. They still don't know who did it for sure. Yeah. They uh, they blamed it on Al Capone because he was the uh, he was like the king of Chicago alcohol distribution. Yeah, and uh, he was like the um, they had uh, he was like the Southside Gang or the Southside Syndicate. South, yeah, and uh, so you had the the Irish in the north and the Italians in the south of Chicago. I, I'm curious, and I didn't read about this part of it because like getting shot with a 45 caliber. Yeah, 14 times, like that's like. I don't know how you'd survive that. But getting peppered with a 12-gauge, like, I don't know what, what they were using, what kind of shot they were using. Yeah. But, like, that would suck. Oh, yeah. But, like, you would probably survive if it's, like, size 7 bird shot. Well, it depends. That depends, too, though. Like, uh, if it's at close range, like, a big old, yeah, a big old wad of shot is just, like, a big chunk at that point. I mean, that's a, let's ask Dick Cheney. <laughs> <laughs> 
He, he shot someone with a twelve shot gauge. Shot a senator in the face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> peppered him. How do you how do you shoot a, a senator wearing an orange vest in the face while you're bird hunting? I don't know. And then knock on wood, I have yet to have a negligent discharge in a <laughs> in a any type of firearm. Oh, maybe he was trying to act like the Clintons and take out some uh, competition. It could be. <laughs> anyway. So yeah, the the main the main uh, culprit that they wanted to, to implicate for this was Al Capone, or Scarface that he did not like to be called. So amazing, all the shit that Capone is accused of over the years that they got him on tax fraud. I know, yeah, that's that's the thing they could never. So with this, when that when the sh this shooting went down, they was pretty sure that he ordered it, or he was involved in it. But he was in Florida at the time, and he probably timed that if he was involved with it. Yeah. Um, but he had an airtight alibi that he wasn't even anywhere close to it when it happened. But he used yeah. to hang out in Hot Springs a lot. Yeah, yeah, they had the hotel down there. Yeah. There used to be a, there's a mom museum down there too, yeah. I think. So, uh, yeah, got him on tax evasion because they couldn't pin anything else. It worked. On. The uh, because well, I mean, he had well, so he's famous for the for the bootlegging and stuff. But yeah. he ran a, a dog track. Yeah, he uh, had a couple uh, brothels that they ran. Um, and then actually a few legitimate businesses though too. He had the uh, like a printing company, and like a, I think it was like a front for money laundering and stuff like that. But he had some legitimate businesses mixed in there yeah. with it though too. There's one thing I saw, but I don't I couldn't I don't have the names for it. I was I was watching a YouTube documentary about it, and uh, there was another guy that they think might have did the did the shooting though too instead, or him and his buddies. Because it was a, and they think it might have been some real cops that did it. Um, yeah, that's what I was, in what I was reading, the kind of the path I, I yeah. was led to believe is that it was real cops that were involved. Because there was, I can't remember the guy's name, because it's the only source I was able to find on it, uh, was that, and I'll have to do some more research on that, maybe maybe we do a follow-up episode or something like that. Or, But yeah, there was a, a cop, um, his nephew was killed by one of the members of that Northside gang so he set out to like get revenge on him and so they i guess they found a this guy had wrote a letter to the fbi like the 1950s mm -hmm. after that and like gave the details about it so then the fbi like held on to it and used it as evidence or a record but they really i think everybody involved was dead at that point yeah. and they couldn't prove it but yeah the, so the, there's like um they said like 12 to 15 different suspects they have figured out that could have done it, but they don't know which one's there yeah. for sure. I kind of, I don't know. I mean, it's weird, but I kind of, I like it. I like not knowing exactly. Yeah. I yeah. mean. It's it's one of those mysteries. It's like. <clears throat> some things should just remain a mystery. <laughs> I'm sure the families would disagree with me, but yeah. I don't care. Well, it's like back then though too. It's like people don't really. So that's the thing. Like the mob bosses and stuff like that, they were, uh. And nowadays they're kind of seen as these hero types or these Robin Hood folk heroes. Well, that's one thing that too that Al Capone did to uh, kind of gain favor in the community. He uh, he helped a lot of poor people really. And yeah. He uh, uh, he gave a lot of money to charity. Yeah. And uh, he gave a lot of uh, handed out food. Like this is during the depression too. So he handed out like food and uh, and money and stuff like that to yeah. poor people in the community so they kind of protected him yeah even, even though that there was a lot of bad stuff going on with him he had 
he did do some good good stuff yeah you know they said uh during the height of his career he was making a hundred million dollars a year back and then money back then money in 1920s money that's he said it's over a billion dollars a year now he was a billionaire if he was making today's money that's incredible off of bootlegging and prostitution and a dog track we were born in the wrong decade <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh. but yeah so that's how he ended up with the tax evasion he had uh he was cooking the books on stuff and not paying so the, the the government doesn't care if you're running a brothel they just want their tax money off of it i mean i could have told you that yeah, yeah. <laughs> At least anybody they... know what the tax rate on a brothel is, <laughs> is it... if we get dennis hoff on here we could ask him yeah for those of you who don't know who Dennis Hoff is, feel free to Google. Yeah. I think we talked about him during the Vegas episode, too. I think we probably did, yeah. yeah. Talking about the old the hump over per, to Perump or to whatever. Perump, yeah. <laughs> huh. But yeah, uh, so you, talk about, you, have, you did some research on Tommy Gun. I did. I'm a, I'm a gun, I won't say gun nut, but I, I do like them. I, I own more than one. I don't, know, I don't own any. They were all lost in a boating accident. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, as we as we said that uh, the two the two guns that were used in this crime were sawed off twelve gauges, which like everybody knows what a twelve gauge shotgun is, so I'm not really going to get into that. But uh, the other guns that were used are, are Tommy guns, Thompson submachine guns, uh, known in Chicago as the Chicago typewriter, Chicago piano, the trench sweeper, or the trench broom. The trench broom. The trench broom. I thought uh, that was the shotgun. That was one of those, like the old Winchester 1300s, was the. No, trench. not because they were they were invented for trench warfare. Yeah. Tommy guns were invented for trench warfare. Yeah. Uh, during World War One. Uh, anyway, another tangent though. They, uh, they, the the Germans wanted to charge the Americans for war crimes for using shotguns in the trenches in World War One. Yeah. <laughs> that would that would have stuck. <laughs> yeah. But they had those uh, the those Winchester shotguns with bayonets on them. Imagine yeah. a guy charging into a trench with a shotgun going off those slam fire shotguns with a with a bayonet on. Yeah, <laughs> probably shooting flechettes. Too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tommy guns, the Thompson submachine gun, the Tommy gun, uh, named after its inventor, uh, Brigadier General John T. Thompson in 1918. Uh, it was originally invented for trench warfare during World War One. It uh, was used in all kinds of shit after that. Oh, this yeah. gun still used today in uh, some places. Yeah, um, they're they're super reliable though. They didn't have a whole lot of moving parts. No, I mean they're they're like they're like the old they're like a forty five caliber AK forty seven. Yeah, <laughs> I mean they're just a, a loosely built. Yeah, shoots like they're not stupid accurate, but I mean. No. They're not, it's a 45. It's not made to shoot distance. No, exactly. Uh, they were also available in 10 millimeter uh, oh, to nice. certain government uh, yeah. agencies. Uh, they were first used uh, in World War One. then uh, were used by the Marines in the Banana Wars. Uh, they were issued to the, which I, I got a kick out of this, the United States Postal Inspection Service. Oh, so nice. you got mailman running what? around with Tommy gun. Heck yeah. Yeah, uh, the IRA was a big user of it. The Irish uh, Red Army, a Republican Army, sorry, Irish Republican Army. Yeah, uh, China was a big user of it, and the FBI, uh, following the Kansas City massacre, the FBI was the ones that had the ten mills. Oh, okay. 
mean, it's going to give you more range and more accuracy, probably, with higher yeah. velocity. Yep. It was sold to the general public uh, because it could be attained so, obtained so easily. Uh, it was notorious during the Prohibition era. Uh, it was a signature weapon of several organized crime syndicates. Oh, yeah. I.e., the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Wait, because it was a, a uh, full auto machine gun or a submachine gun. It was the very first weapon to be classified as a submachine gun. Yeah. I and mean, a submachine, uh, submachine gun, if you don't know that, it'd be like a a rifle-sized weapon that fires pistol ammunition. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll put pictures of it up. And uh, you know they're and they're famous for that the big round drum magazine yep, on the it. drum mags. The, the key only had a wind up on it to. Yep. Uh, they were widely used in World War II uh, during trench warfare. Um, designated as the M nineteen twenty eight A one, more than one point five million Tommy guns were used uh, or were produced during World War II. Wow. You know, uh, so if you like the movie Saving Private Ryan. Tom Hanks's character carried a Tommy gun. Yep. What has his weapon. A lot of officers. A lot of carried. officers carried it. Yeah. It was, yeah. They they didn't carry the the long rifles. Yeah. Uh, they were an officer's weapon. Uh. They were de like I said they were developed by Brigadier General John T. Thompson. Uh. He wanted a fully automatic uh, rifle. To uh, replace the M nineteen oh three Springfield. Yeah. I mean, imagine the, going the, the thirty that. three, as they were called. Yeah, imagine uh, you you transition from a bolt action rifle to a full automatic rifle. Yeah. I mean that's a that's a big jump in technology right just, there. Just, just, I mean, most of the shit you got in fight with was close range anyway. Yeah. Back then in the trenches, <clears throat> and now you have a an extended clip, that's yeah. You know. Yeah, the military didn't use the or a drum. magazine. I guess yeah, we'll say it's not. A, yeah, clip is a different thing. If you guys want to get down to the yeah the true information about it and the uh bare facts the military used the uh the 30 round stick magazines instead they of did. the big drum the drum magazines were, were nice and they had an extended they were like 75 That's rounds a lot to carry they're heavy but then they were they had some reliability issues with yeah them they had too, some so. some failures to feed but operated with a what is called a blish lock uh type of action which is not recoil or gas operated okay. and that's what they wanted the reliability and then then no recoil yeah, which okay. I can't think in a. I own a couple of 45s. Yeah, I, I can't imagine that a 45 rifle would recoil all that heavily. No, it wouldn't. It, it was known to kind of had the 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 walk up or the as if you're shooting full auto, it had the barrel rise. That would most come most it, but, full autos do have barrel yeah. rise though. The uh, the Tommy guns. Fun fact: the Tommy guns used in the St. Valentine's Day massacre are still held by the Berrien County Sheriff's Department. Yeah. The, it, uh, has, it has been called the the gun that made the twenties roar. That's right. They uh, so they they raided this guy's house. Um, that's actually what I was looking for. I was looking for his name on here. Uh, oh, I got I got a couple other things here. Yeah, go for it. There so, were two main experimental models of the Tommy gun. One was called the Persuader. It was belt fed. A belt fed Tommy gun. Belt fed Tommy gun. Nice. And, and the other was called the Annihilator. <laughs> which I mean, if you're going to name guns, yeah. There you go. Good, good luck coming up with something better than that. Yeah. Like, that's kind of a fuck you. Uh, they were developed sometime between in 1917 or 1918, depending on where you look. What was the Annihilator? Do you go any kind of description on what... Was it belt-fed as well, or...? Uh, it was... They were uh, fed from a 20-round box mag 
but later the 50 and 100 round drum magazines were developed. Yeah. Wow. Oh, beer time. Beer time. Yeah. Beer level. Have you made it this far in the video yet and you haven't subscribed? Hit that subscribe button and follow us on YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and uh, coming soon on Patreon. Listen to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeart, Amazon Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the Good Pods app, and all other awesome podcast players. Be sure and leave a review, give us a five-star rating, and help that algorithm push our podcast out to other listeners. If you'd like to support the channel, maybe buy us a beer, go check us out on, uh, on Cash App and PayPal. Look us up at Our Drunken History. Uh, you can find the link to that in our uh, link in bio as well. Now, back to the show. So you talked about the guns earlier they used in the, in the massacre. So mm -hmm. we're going back to the, the right. Valentine's Day massacre. The, uh, one of the perpetrators they thought might have had a connection to it, they, the FBI had been investigating it for a while, uh, and they raided uh, the house of this guy named the Fred the Killer Burke. And uh, people had cool nicknames for they, shit back then. They did. The, the Annihilator, Fred yeah. the Killer Burke. Like, yeah. Uh, so they, they they end up killing this guy. He got in a shootout with him after a car chase. Okay. So then they uh, raided his house after that, and they found a bunch of weapons, and they found two Thompson machine guns in his house. And they, um, and that, that's one thing I didn't realize at the time though too. Uh, they'd actually really developed ballistics technology uh, back then, so they could actually figure out which individual gun. Yeah, so they they tested these two Tommy guns uh, with uh, the ballistics analysis and, and discovered that these two Tommy guns were the, the ones that had been involved with the Saint Valentine's. How did they do that back then? Uh, well, I mean, they had microscopes and stuff back then. It would be done, like, nowadays, I guess they have computers that do it. But like, yeah, but, like, I don't know. Matching I the, the rifling, rifling matching. I yeah. I just, you know, I don't know. And, and I don't well, know enough about it, the yeah. whole forensic side of it. But, like, how do you tell one gun's individual rifling from another gun of the same? They say it's, it's like, fingerprints and there's just, like, slight variations or whatever. But then at the same time, though, too, I wonder if, though, they were just... They wanted to put some sort of closure on the case, and they just yeah. said they did. They, uh, but yeah, so they found these two guns. They did a ballistics analysis on them, and uh, said that they were used in the in the shooting. And so, let's see here. It was. Let me go back to that. So, they tested the two guns. It was serial numbers two, three, four, seven. And 7580 was the two serial numbers of the guns they found. That's actually the thing they had serial numbers on them because they weren't required to have serial numbers on weapons until like 1963. I didn't know that. Yeah. I've got a couple uh, mm. old 22 rifles that don't have serial numbers on them because really? they were made in the 50s. And they weren't. I ordered them from Sears and they weren't required to have. <laughs> Sears Roebuck. Yep. <laughs> <coughs> so they, they tested the. And it may be that those were machine guns. Maybe machine guns that had serial numbers. Though, too. Those two guns, that's, and that's the two guns, like you were mentioning a while ago, they still have in uh, possession of the, because this guy's house was in Michigan, and it was the local sheriff's department that raided yeah. the house. And they're still on display there at the sheriff's department, and they go on tour, and once in a while they'll send those guns out to like uh, museums throughout the country, do like, that's pretty cool. put them on display and stuff. I would have thought they'd be in like the Field Museum in Chicago. They say they they maintain them still, they still go out and shoot them every once in a while, like for demonstrations and stuff too. So like, Really? So they're still fully operational. Ready to ready to go. You can still buy 
uh, semi-auto versions. I know auto ordnance is a big uh, yeah. pusher of them. It'd be a cool gun to have. Yeah, that would be, that would be. I always wanted a forty-five caliber rifle of some kind. Yeah, so, I yeah. got the nineteen elevens, but oh yeah, no. Uh, civilian ownership of these guns in in Canada, you cannot own a submachine gun. They are completely prohibited uh, as of nineteen ninety-five. The prohibited weapons order number thirteen. In the U.S., uh, Tommy guns are one of the main push items for the National Firearms Act, yeah. NFA. It was the, the, the Tommy gun and the BAR. Yeah. Because, so another famous shootout that was involved around the same time was the Bonnie and Clyde. We'll have to do mm. maybe an episode on them, too. <clears throat> and I've seen their car. Yeah. All they, they, had it, they had it on display at... Uh, the Imperial Palace at that car show on the top floor. Oh, that's cool. Back in the day in Vegas. Yeah. Because yeah. hey, uh, Clyde was known to carry a sawed-off BAR, the short-barrel BAR that he would carry around for uh, when they robbed those banks and stuff. And uh, so, yeah, those two weapons and the, the crime that was involved with them really pushed the National Firearms Act to make machine guns and stuff yeah. illegal. But you can still buy them in the States with a Class three. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, the thing is, though, too, with that, the guns had to have been manufactured before 1980s, right. like 1986. Yeah. So those go guns are old now. Yeah. I think you, you're not allowed to have one. They were they were, were grandfathered. Uh, was it Canada? Somewhere grandfathered them. And the ones that people already owned, yeah. they were allowed to keep until they died. But then they were not allowed to be like passed on or sold Good after they died. They were, they were uh, melted. Well melted down i'm sure they ended yeah, up yeah there's some, there's still there's somewhere somebody's collection, collection yeah. yeah yeah uh the uk uh oh no it was the uk okay here we go uh the uk uh prohibited them uh by the uk firearms act of 1968 uh they can be possessed under a section five certificate but they're not issued for sporting purposes. A fully automatic weapon that has been converted to semi-automatic, such as a Model 1927, is prohibited uh, by the Firearms Act of 1988. Uh, it is any centerfire purpose-made semi-automatic weapon. Uh, it is now effectively impossible for a firearm of this type to be possessed by the general public in the UK. Uh, except in certified deactivated condition or where specifically manufactured in 22LR. Huh. So in the UK, you can still own one. That's pretty good. As, like, a, as a 22. Yeah, as a 22. Yeah. So yeah, I've seen a few of those, like those conversions. They there's, I guess they're purpose built now. So. Yeah. But yeah. That's that's my uh, that's what I found out about the Tommy gun. Pretty damn cool gun though. It is. I, I would like to have one just to just play yeah. around with. Yeah, it'd be fun. I I like 45 caliber. That's yeah. Like. Uh, I carry a nine mil most of the time when I carry, but I prefer a forty-five. I, I they're just I carry my nineteen eleven. I get a workout doing it. So yeah, it's like carrying around a freaking. I also carry mine. A brick around all day. Oh, oh, tornado watch. Tornado just watch. Under, yeah, until ten p.m. But yeah, so back then, I mean, the we we're talking about you know kind of it's. The, the gangsters have been kind of dramatized or, or idolized. But, yeah. man, they, they were some ruthless 
assholes. Oh, they, there were some really like, you know, fucked up gangsters. There really yeah. were, man. That did some just horrendous shit. And, and it took some some big, big time, high profile tragedies like the Valentine's Day massacre to to kind of change mm-hmm. people's perception on it. Because, like you said, people were kind of just going with the flow. Yeah. And then they're like, hey, we got to make some changes. And it was yeah. all stemmed off of Prohibition. and like, So that was the thing that led to it. Uh, Herbert Hoover, when he was elected president, he he ran on the campaign promise of abolishing the, the Volstead Act that, yeah. that created uh, Prohibition. Prohibition, yeah. He, he said he was going to get rid of it to help fight crime. And, like, and then he, and he actually declared, that was the thing about Capone, he declared... Al Capone, public enemy number one. Yeah. And uh, he was wanting to get rid of Prohibition and get rid of Al Capone was his, like, promises. And that's his how... His campaign promise? Yeah. His, uh, his college tuition payback? Yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the thing, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we'll have to do... Because, uh, man, Prohibition, there's a lot of stories about that. and that's, that's So we're going to have to do... Yeah, we, we do have an episode in the plans uh, for Prohibition... Uh, which also leads into some other things that we'll yeah. get into. Uh, but hopefully uh, we'll have... It's a lot of research for that one, guys. That is a... that's It may be a two-parter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it, it'll be a fun one for us and you, hopefully. Uh, There's a lot anyway. of stuff stemmed out of it, yeah. Yeah, Prohibition was a big fucking deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we may have to... We're, and we're not a fan. No, not a fan at all. We would definitely be partaking in the speakeasies and the... Have you been to a speakeasy? No, uh, that's I've heard of a few. It, man, it'd be nice to supposedly go. there's one in Fayetteville. Really? Yeah, I, I'd read that somewhere. I went to one on uh, my 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 best friend Pat uh, his his bachelor party. Yeah, we went into one. I, we I think we had talked about it on an episode where we went into an ice cream shop. Yeah, and yeah, like we talked. The refrigerator remember. door. We said the Sean Pat's brother uh, said the secret. Well, I never got the secret word, <laughs> but Sean knew the secret word. And he said it, and we fucking, they opened up a refrigerator door, and we walked in. Heck yeah, that's there cool. There was kids in line to get ice cream, and they were like, what the fuck? What are they doing? <laughs> that's cool. It was awesome. It was a really cool experience. Maybe so, one of these days we can... Thanks we, for that, Sean. Yeah. Maybe one of these days we can start our, well, we'll have our own speakeasy. We can... Uh, I'm down. Yeah. Have our own little private club. Yeah. 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 What movies uh, depicted this St. Valentine's Day Massacre? Well, they had a couple, a uh, couple documentaries and stuff about it, but then uh, Scarface was the one that came out. Yeah, uh, that was in the nineteen fifties, I think. The Untouchables. Yeah, covered it. Um, and there's another one, a more more recent one. I think it was called The Valentine's Day Massacre. I think was it was on there. Yeah. Um, and then they had a few, few other movies. I, I saw some, glanced over some of it, but I can't remember some of the names yeah. of them. But the whole mob culture and stuff was pretty big and especially it's, it's but, very uh, interesting because yeah. it was like a, a uniquely american thing yeah well that, so yeah going so the um out in vegas they have the uh the mob museum the mob museum and they have the actual wall from the garage there on display yeah so they yeah, go there the mob museum they have all the bricks rebuilt so they tore this parking garage down or this warehouse down in the 1960s and they saved all the bricks and um they were in a private collection for a while, and then the, the Mob Museum got a hold of Bottom. them. And uh, so they have them on display there in Vegas. You know who's responsible for that Mob Museum? It was uh, the Oscar, Oscar Goodman. Goodman. He, yeah. was, he was affiliated with the Mob. 
He was their for, lawyer. Yeah. He was their lawyer for years. I mean, the mob, which we talked about in our Vegas episode, whether the mob pretty much started Vegas. Yeah. And uh, made it to what it is today. Have you been to the mob museum? I have not. Been. I have not, no. Yeah, that would be really cool to go to. That's something I always wanted to get to. We we need to go and do a uh, do a episode from the on site on site. We could knock two birds one stone. Up. We could do the uh, atomic testing museum there too. Oh yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, hit up both of those. Yeah, yeah. That's all I got. That's, <laughs> so that's pretty good. I mean, we kind of hit on this briefly. I mean, there's tons of documentaries out there and tons of information that if you want to dive into it with like the names and dates and I was reading through this and I watched a few documentaries on it. And it's a spider web of names and, and accomplices and yeah. who was involved. So it, it all stemmed off with one guy got shot and then uh, then another guy got shot for retaliation. And it was back and forth and it yeah. ended up with this. So it, it's, it was a pretty tangled web of, of stuff. But it's pretty interesting though. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, I like reading about this shit. I yeah. like, uh, I've watched the History Channel specials on it before. Yeah. So we appreciate you guys joining us on this one. If you have any suggestions for future episodes, we've got several lined out that we're excited to do this year. So it's, uh, hopefully 2023 will be a, a good year for us, so pushing some more interesting content out. And we hope you join us on the journey. We really do appreciate you hanging in there and uh, coming back, uh, seeing us again. Uh, as always, have a plan. Don't drink and drive. Yeah, make sure you got your ride lined out if you're gonna be if you're if you're drinking with us right now. Make sure you you stay home and uh, or have a plan to to get home. Yep, uh, guys, hit us on all of our uh, our socials. Yeah, uh, if you want to see more of these milky white thighs, <laughs> you uh, hit us up on YouTube. Uh, if you have suggestions, leave a comment. Uh, shoot us an email. Yeah. Yeah, you find our email in our link in bio. It'll be it'll be tagged at the bottom in the description of either the audio or the video on YouTube, wherever you're watching us from. So hit us up. We uh, we uh, like to hear your feedback and your and your comments. Appreciate you. Have a good one, guys.